Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi guys, welcome this week's episode on Friendship. Before I get into it, I wanted to welcome Singapore because I've noticed we've had a few downloads come from there in the last little while, so I just wanted to say hello and acknowledge them. Okay, getting into Friendship. Friendship is usually categorized into one of four types, being either an acquaintance, a friend, a close friend, or a best friend. Over time, an increase in mutual respect and the degree of reciprocity builds up and strengthens a friendship. A true friend gives support without judgment, comes through in a crisis, and knows you know, basically what to say when, you know, when it matters most to you. Friendships are an essential ingredient in a happy life, so it's time to give them the care and the attention that they deserve. Today we're going to learn why friendships matter, how to sustain them, and the simple steps you can take right now to be a better friend. So first of all, what are the benefits of friendship? Family relationships often come with a dose of guilt and obligation, whereas friends on the other hand are basically the antidote to the burdens of daily life. University researchers wanted to find out whether friendship influences how we approach the challenges of daily life. In an unusual experiment, researchers stood at the base of a steep hill on university grounds and asked 34 students as they walked by to help them with an experiment. Some students were by themselves and others were walking in pairs. Each student was given a backpack with weights equal to about 20% of their body weight. While the students may have had the impression they were going to have to climb up the hill, the researchers simply asked them to estimate how steep the climb would be. So students on their own thought the hill slant was steeper and thought it would be harder to climb while carrying the weighted backpack. But students who were standing next to a friend thought the hill looked easy to climb and gave lower estimates of the angle of steepness. Now interestingly, the longer the two friends had known each other, the less steep the hill appeared to them. Other studies support the notion that social support also helps us cope with stress. When female college students were asked to complete challenging math tasks, their heart rates went up. But when they were asked to complete math problems with a friend in the room, their heart rates were lower. Scientists also know that when rhesus monkeys are moved to a new environment, the level of stress hormones in their blood increases. But when a monkey is moved along with a preferred companion, the stress hormones measured in their blood were much lower. And also similar results have been seen with rats and also guinea pigs as well. So all this research suggests that friends can change our view of a challenging situation and just the mere presence of a friend being in the same room can lower our stress. Having friends essentially allows us to outsource some of the emotional burdens of daily life. Most of the research on health and relationships is focused on romantic partners, but researchers have found that our friendships actually have a bigger impact on our health. 
I'm going to read out some of the findings about the health benefits of having friends. A 10-year Australian study found that older people with a large circle of friends were 22% less likely to die during the study period than those with fewer friends. And in 2006, a study of nearly 3,000 nurses with breast cancer found that women without close friends were four times as likely to die from the disease as women with 10 or more friends. Notably, proximity and the amount of contact with friends wasn't associated with survival. Just having friends seemed to be the protective aspect. And it should also be noted that having a spouse wasn't associated with survival. Right? So in a six-year study of over 700 middle-aged Swedish men, being attached to a life partner didn't affect the risk of heart attack and fatal coronary heart disease, but having friendships did. Among risk factors for cardiovascular health, lacking social support was as bad as smoking. So why are friendships so good for us? Well, science has a few theories on that. First of all, there's logistical support. Friends can run errands, they can pick up medicine if you're sick. Um, you know, they can help you in any number of ways. And just having an association. It, it might be that people with strong social ties also have better access to health services and care or are more likely to seek help. Less stress. People with strong friendships are less likely than others to get colds, and that's probably because they have lower stress levels. And you're also going to find that there's peer pressure, but it's going to be positive. Researchers have found that certain health behaviours appear to be contagious, and that our social networks, in person and online, can influence things like obesity, anxiety, and overall happiness. And another report found that a person's exercise routine was strongly influenced by his or her social network. But there is a flip side to that. Um, in, you know, in the opposite way, there was a large study done in 2007 that showed an increase of nearly 60% in the risk of obesity among people whose friends gained weight. So I think this speaks to the influence our friends have on us, but also vice versa. Now, aging seems to be easier with friendships as well. Studies have been done on the health habits of people who live in regions of the world where people live longer than the average. These areas are designated as blue zones and found that positive friendships are a common theme in these regions. In Okinawa, Japan, where the average life expectancy for women is around 90, which, which just happens to be the oldest in the world, by the way, people form a kind of social network called Moai, a group of five friends who offer social, logistical, emotional and even financial support over a lifetime. In Moai, the group benefits when things go well, such as sharing a bountiful crop, and the group's family support one another when a child gets sick or if someone dies. They also appear to influence one another's lifelong health behaviours. And I actually came across a quiz that was developed. I didn't actually take notes on it because I'm not a huge fan of quizzes when it comes to health or well-being. But they, they always seem a bit, bit gimmicky and, you know, and, and something that's not taken too seriously. Anyway, the, basically the, the quiz asks questions about your friends and the state of their health, how much they drink, eat and exercise as well as their outlook. And the goal wasn't that you should be ditching your less healthy friends, but to identify the friends or people in your life who score the highest and try to spend more time with them. So hopefully their lifestyle choices would influence you for the better. One of the most powerful things you can do to add more healthy years to your life is to align yourself with people who take active steps to be happier and healthier. You should try to focus on somewhere between three and five real friends rather than, you know, perhaps Facebook friends, for example. 
basically you want friends who you can have like a meaningful conversation with. You know, you can call them on a bad day and they will actually give a shit, you know. A group of friends are better than any drug or any health supplement and yeah, they're the ones that are going to go above and beyond for you. They're going to do just about anything to help you out. And believe it or not, friends have a bigger impact on our psychological well-being than actually family relationships. So why is it that we put our family and demands of work ahead of our friends? So why do friendships fade? Sometimes it happens because our own lives are changing and evolving and entering new phases. The friends we surround ourselves with in adolescence serve a different purpose than the friends we seek out when we enter adulthood. Our needs change again as we marry or hook up with a partner and when we have children when the kids move out. And studies show that the nature of friendships can also change over you know, a short period of time as well. In 2000, Dutch scientists interviewed more than a thousand people about the relationships they had with their neighbours, many of whom discussed job stress and personal relationships and often visited, often visited and helped each other with odd jobs. But when the researchers followed up seven years later, about half of these relationships had faded. While we need to remember that friendships undergo a natural churn as our lives change, some friendships end simply because we've neglected them. And of course, great friendships can often weather these highs and lows, but imagine how much better those connections would be if we gave our friendships the regular care and nurturing that they need. So here are a few suggestions for being a better friend, right? Active versus passive. Given that we all have limited time and energy... Oh, Jesus, can you hear those birds? Cockatoos, man, I swear. Okay, active versus passive friends. Given that we have limited time and energy, it helps to prioritize a few important friendships if we, you know, that we want to nurture. But we don't want to miss out on new friendships that might form from, say, some sort of casual encounter. So how do we decide? How do we make that call? Well, you've got to start by thinking of your friends in terms of active relationships or passive connections. Both are important to our overall happiness, but passive friends take less time and attention, giving you more time to prioritize the friends that mean the most to you. You're going to want to strengthen the, you know, quote unquote, weak ties. Our casual social networks are larger than we think. We often have fleeting connections with our neighbours, the guy or girl at the coffee shop or your local pub or people you meet, you know, maybe at the gym, for example. These are called low stakes relationships or weak ties. But the name is a little bit misleading. While the ties are not strong, the benefits of these relationships can be pretty great. They provide networking opportunities and make us feel more connected to other social groups. In 2014, a study found that the more weak ties a person has, the happier he or she feels. Researchers found that maintaining this network of acquaintances also contributes to your sense of belonging within a community. The good news is that it doesn't take much effort to cultivate these low-stakes relationships. Often it's just exchanging pleasantries when you see one another, you know, maybe at the dog park. Um, you know, put, put your phone down and make eye contact with someone, you know. You know, seek them out for a connection on social media, perhaps. Sociologists have written about friendship, describing these so-called weak ties as passive friendships. These are the people you run into at parties or you see at work and, and other people that you like, but you don't quite make them a priority for one-on-one -on -one time. Sometimes our close friends fall into the passive category over time. We shared a bond with them at one stage, but as time goes on, you find that you have less and less in common with them and you just sort of drift apart. 
But don't mistake passive friendships for relationships worthy of your full friendship investment. I mean, stay open enough to know that when one of these casual acquaintances could be promoted into your friend space. Okay, nurturing your active friendships. In contrast to our passive friendships, our active friendships are those friends that we share similar values with and a deeper connection. The people for who you'll go out of your way for, to schedule time with, to show up for, to learn from, and to engage each other in, in any kind of way. If you're not sure who makes the cut for your inner circle, ask yourself, who do I learn from? Who challenges me on an intellectual or some other way? Who can I trust and confide in? And who do I get joy from interacting with? I want the people I spend time with to reflect back to me, something that, you know, something that's admirable or aspirational or even inspirational. The bottom line is that by identifying our passive, quote unquote, weak ties and our active strong ties, we can do a better job of cultivating budding friendships and allocating most of our friendship energy and time to maintaining our established friendships. So how do we find time for friends? Often when we think of living a balanced life, we focus on two things, work and family. But there are more key components you should be focusing on for a truly balanced life. It should also include our romantic lives, self-care, including diet, exercise, hobbies, and, and our friends. While we might not always give all of these areas equal time, a new baby or a work deadline can sometimes shift our life balance you know, in general, work, family, love, self-care, friends, they're all equally important. So the good news is that friends tend to be less demanding of our time, more so than, say, family members or bosses. So tending to our friendships can take a lot less time than you know, other demands. Here are some tips for giving your friendships more time and attention. Firstly, schedule some friend time. Just like you might schedule a date night or a business meeting, it's important to build friendship maintenance into your weekly schedule. Friend dates can be squeezed in around morning coffee or lunch so they don't take time away from your children or your romantic partners or even work deadlines. If your home life will allow it, give yourself a friend's night, you know, maybe once or twice a month, rotating the friends, you know, with whom you want to spend time with. When life gets hectic because of parenting or work demands, your friendships tend to be the first to suffer. But if you schedule friend dates regularly, your friendships will stay strong no matter what challenges come about. Now, a few minutes of friendship will go a long way. No matter what's going on in your life at any given moment, you should always try to have five minutes available for a friend. And also remembering the, the importance of body language you know, turning towards them and giving them your full attention and you know, putting your phone down or stop working when you see them. And even though some friends are always going to be more high maintenance than others, in general, our friends are more understanding and less demanding than most people in our lives. Don't avoid friends because you can't give them hours of your attention. It only takes a few minutes of listening and care to make a connection and to reinforce the bonds of friendship. Take five minutes to call or text and just tell a friend that you're thinking of them. Very few things in life are so important that we can't stop for five minutes to engage with our closest friends. So being consistent matters more than frequency. Creating a tradition, even if it's infrequent, is one of the best ways to maintain and sustain a friendship when life gets busy. Look at the calendar and start a new annual tradition with your friends. Maybe you can celebrate a combined birthday, have an annual dog walk where you lock in one day a year to go and walk your dogs together. And, if, and obviously, if you want to do it more frequently than that, then you know, check your schedules and think about the potential for meeting up on a monthly or even a weekly basis. 
you'll find that once you start scheduling things in ahead of time, it's easy to lock them down and get that consistency. It doesn't take much effort to start a tradition. Scheduling exercise with a friend is also a great way to stay connected. And you, know, you obviously get the added bonus of boosting your physical well-being. It can be a weekly walk or a, or a twice weekly run, whatever works to get the two of you into the same place at the same time, just so you can talk and engage. I start work early with the plan to finish early in the day, but I regularly see people early in the morning and of working age, they're out riding bikes, they're walking together with or without dogs, people jogging. Exercising and socializing before work can have some really valuable benefits to your day. And I'm talking about physical health, mental health, a whole bunch of stuff I've spoken about in other episodes. Now, I've spoken about taking a class before for a variety of reasons, you know, and, and we do have limited time for, for both our hobbies and our friends, so why not nurture both needs at the same time and invite a friend so you can in- introduce them to your hobby? If you've signed up for an art class or a, a cake decorating class or a cooking class, invite your friends to join you. And if you get a similar invitation, just say yes, even if it's a new hobby you haven't tried or something you're not too sure about. You can you can always bail on it later if you if you really hate it, you know, but make the effort. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Small gestures make a difference. Friends, by definition, typically don't require the constant attention needed by, for example, romantic partners or children. That's why small gestures, you know, small gestures that show someone we're thinking about them can go a long way towards nurturing friends who may not always get as much one-on-one time as you probably prefer. And technology has made it so easy to show friends that we care. 
here are, here are a few tips you know, for just some small gestures to help sustain friendships. Take a photo of something. How often do you see something that makes you think of a friend? It takes less than a minute to take a photo and shoot it off to them. Maybe share a news article. You, I mean, you're probably reading news articles anyway, so, you know, flick it over. If something gets your attention, whether it's this podcast or an interesting story or some sort of fact, share it with a friend via text or email. It takes two seconds. Just because you're at work doesn't mean you can't nurture your office friendships too. It takes literally 10 seconds to, to drop by a desk and let someone know that you're thinking of them. Even if you don't stop to talk, just walk past and maybe put a sticky note in front of them with a like a hand-drawn smiley face and just keep walking. Maybe, you know, put down like a bite-sized chocolate or a lolly. It's just little things like that can, that can be really appreciated and, and can be quite memorable. Now, you're going to want to turn up for the milestones in the lives of your friends. When it comes to friendship, big gestures also make a big impression. Traveling to a birthday or a wedding, showing up at a graduation or paying respects at a memorial service will send a strong message and, and even though you might not see each other frequently, you come through when it counts. Music. Share a song. Choose a song that you want to share with a friend. Tell them why you're sharing it. Does it make you think of them for some reason? Does it explain how you feel or does it bring back a memory? Don't just listen to it and forget all about it. Take the time to talk about it. A lot of research has shown that music helps develop deeper social connections. And a number of studies link music to boost oxytocin, which is the neuropeptide associated with an increase in bonding and trust between people. Super important. In one particular study, singing for 30 minutes raised oxytocin levels in both amateur and professional singers. We know that listening to music activates many areas of the brain, including the part that helps us connect with what others are thinking and feeling, right? But also, studies show that when parents and young people listen to music together, they have a better rapport, there's less conflict, and they have better emotional health. Sharing your music with another person helps them to get to know you better, and that's so, you know, that, that can be a really reciprocal thing. And if you like each other's music, that's even better. Studies show we like people who share our musical preferences. So how should we be talking and listening to our friends? Good listening skills matter in all relationships, but how you talk to and how you listen to your friends can make the difference between a casual connection and a lasting friendship. Fortunately, most of us will never have to risk everything for our friendships, but true friendships still can ask a lot of us. Not only must we learn to give of ourselves, but we also have to develop listening skills, compassion, empathy, and we need to show support to our closest friends. So here are a few easy steps to become a more supportive friend. Listen. Really listen. It sounds basic, but sometimes when someone is talking to us, what they say triggers a memory in us and we feel compelled to jump in with our own experience. Don't. I mean, you'll get your chance to speak, but wait till the end. Let them have their say first. And, you know, listen to the answers. Often when people say, how are you, they don't really listen or even wait for the answer. You're going to want to maintain eye contact with your friend, stay present and show them that you're interested in what they have to say. And, and you, know, and you can re repeat back what you hear. Often when we summarize and repeat thoughts back to someone, they know that we're hearing them. You could say something like, wow, it looks like things are getting pretty intense. This is an example of, of something you might say when your friend is sharing some sort of difficult you know, experience or conflict that they're going through. 
and, and try to keep the focus on them. While it's fine to say that you can relate or you can share a few details about your own experience, don't shift the focus of the conversation to your situation and your feelings. Use your friends to brainstorm. Rather than jumping in with advice, guide your friend in a brainstorming session to find solutions. For example, you could ask, you know, uh, what, do you, what do you want to do about this? You know, how does it make you feel? Do you see any other options to move forward? At the core of every friendship is the concept of self-disclosure, and that occurs when one person reveals something personal to another. Self-disclosure is the building block of intimacy and usually leads to the other person revealing something personal as well. If you feel like a friendship lacks a true connection, ask yourself how much you've revealed to your friend and how much is he or she revealing back to you. If the friendship is fading a bit, it might be that the sharing aspect of your friendship is a little bit lopsided. We form deeper connections when we reveal our opinions and feelings rather than just the basic facts of our lives. An experiment where online daters were forced to discuss personally revealing topics, choosing from a list of questions that included things like, how many romantic partners did you have? You know, now, now, apparently the resulting conversations were way more lively than when daters picked their own topics of discussion and everyone was supposedly happier with the conversation. Self-disclosure is an important concept between good friends and it can certainly help promote a casual friendship into a deeper and closer friendship. Now, there was a, a scientist slash doctor who conducted an experiment, and to be fair, he wasn't trying to help people fall in love. Instead, his goal was to create closeness between two strangers in a laboratory setting strictly for research purposes only. Knowing that self-disclosure fosters closeness, they theorized that they could accelerate the process with a 45-minute series of personal questions, with each question being more revealing than the last. They soon learned that their questionnaire had worked better than expected after numerous reports of ongoing closeness between the pairs in the study, including one couple that actually got married. According to the study, one key pattern associated with the development of a close relationship among peers is sustained, escalating, reciprocal, and personal self-disclosure. The lesson for all of us is that we form our deepest connections with friends when we are willing to be vulnerable and venture into more personal territory in our conversations. The experiment only comprised of 36 questions, including the following examples that you can use as a guide to get to know your friends through intimate conversation. Given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? What would constitute a perfect day for you? If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time and why haven't you done it? What do you value most in a friendship? And complete this sentence. I wish I had someone with whom I could share. If you were to die this evening with no opportunity to communicate with anyone, what would you most regret not having told someone? And why haven't you told them yet? If nothing else, this 36 question quiz for lack of a better term it's a fun way to get to know someone better and you can help cement your friendships if you want a complete if you want a complete list of all 36 questions feel free to email me and i'll forward them on to you it's obviously not practical to read out all 36 questions in this episode okay now you've been warned because if you go through this quiz with a friend and your friendship starts to blossom into you know more of a love sort of connection you've been warned although you know that probably wouldn't be a negative for most people now, what's the best way to argue with your friends? We all know that conflict is an unavoidable part of the human experience, 
But while we know our spats with our spouse or family member can be smoothed over, a fight with a friend can feel a little more risky. Friendships are relationships of choice, right? And the ties are more easily undone than those formed with relatives or romantic partners. We expect our friends to be supportive and understanding, even when we aren't perfect. So if a friend told you they were unhappy with you for skipping an event which you'd been invited to, your emotions might get a little bit mixed. Part of you might want the friend you know, who, who's going to be unconditionally supportive of your choices and didn't make you feel guilty for setting boundaries. But at the same time, the fact that your friend shared their feelings with you might make you feel as if they are actually invested in the friendship. So in the end, you should probably be glad you can have such a conversation. But it's also a reminder of how risky it can be to get into friendships when we, you know, when we try to resolve rather than ignore certain areas of tension with our friends. Studies show that conflict with our friends feels deeply personal and can take a greater toll on our health than other types of conflict. Researchers found that negative social encounters with friends were associated with an increased risk of high blood pressure, mainly for women and not so much for men. So for women especially, resolving problems with friends will not only help your friendship, but it can also help your health. Okay, so you're also going to want to practice acceptance. Friends aren't perfect. We're not perfect ourselves. Sometimes they're going to disappoint you. Sometimes they're going to neglect you. But sometimes being a good friend means giving your friend a pass and just accepting their flaws. In couples therapy, romantic partners are often reminded of the value of acceptance and the same theory can apply to friendships. For many of us, acceptance feels like the safest way to to navigate the negatives of a friendship. The main idea behind acceptance theory is that accepting another person's traits and behaviours often leads to compassion. When romantic partners or friends learn to use compassion in dealing with each other, they tend to become more willing to let go of conflict. The goal of acceptance theory is that rather than forcing change, partners should start by accepting each other's differences. And this kind of understanding often leads to uncoerced changes that are more lasting and more in tune with each other's core personality and behaviours. When a person feels accepted and understood by someone they care about, they are more likely to change willingly, often making more changes than actually requested. But even if no change occurs, acceptance and compassion are likely to bring friends closer. Remember, it's easier to practice acceptance if you think about how good it feels when someone accepts you, despite your flaws. Pick something special to you and start with a general acceptance, saying out loud or in your mind or writing down the following things. I accept you completely. Countless causes, large or small, have led you to think, speak, and act the way you do. You are who you are. You and I are part of a larger whole. That is what it is, and I accept that. Next, you can add some specifics, you know, saying out loud or writing down things that are bothering you about the friendship. I accept that you find it difficult to make time for me. I accept that sometimes you say things that are hurtful. I accept that sometimes you are self-centered. Accepting people does not itself mean agreeing with them. It doesn't mean you're approving of them or waiving your own rights or, or downplaying their impact they had on you. You can still take appropriate actions to protect or support yourself or others. Or you can simply just let it be. Either way, you accept the reality of the other person. You may not like it. You may not prefer it. You may feel sad or angry about it, but on a deeper level, you're going to be at peace with it. And that alone is a gift. And sometimes your shift to acceptance can help things improve. 
Right, so how do we resolve conflict between friends? Sometimes our differences with our friends are just too great to overcome through practicing acceptance, so instead we need to find a way to resolve the conflict. Nobody likes conflict, but relationship researchers say every conflict presents an opportunity to improve the relationship. The key is to learn to fight constructively in a way that leaves you feeling better about your friends. Much of what we know about conflict resolution in relationships comes from studies of married couples, but the basic conflict resolution strategies are the same whether you're talking about close relationships, friendships, or even workplace conflicts. The most important part of any personal disagreement are those first few minutes when the fight is just getting started. So here's some general advice from the research about how to resolve conflict with pretty much anyone. Right. First of all, it's important to identify the complaint, not the criticism. Don't start the conversation by criticizing your friend. Focus on what made you unhappy and be specific about your complaint. You might say something like, um, I was upset that we didn't get to spend time together at the party. That's much better conversation starter than saying, you're never around when I need you. Phrases we should try to avoid are things like you always or you never. They're almost always followed by criticism and blame. You're going to want to start sentences with I or we. Help you identify problems and solutions rather than putting blame on someone else. And be aware of your body language. Don't roll your eyes. Basically, you know, rolling your eyes, it's essentially a sign of contempt. Look at your friend when you speak. Don't fold your arms or cross your legs. You know, to, to, you want to show them that you're open to their feelings and input. Sit or stand at the same level as your friend or partner. One person should never be looking down or looking up during an argument. And learn to de-escalate. When the argument starts getting heated, take it upon yourself to calm things down. Here are a few phrases that will probably be useful in de-escalation. You can start off by saying, what if we blah, blah, blah. I know this is hard, but blah, 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 blah. I hear what you're saying, blah, blah, blah. What do you think? Fighting with people who are important to us is not a bad thing. The power of argument can help people to improve their relationships. In fact, talking about our differences can give our relationship longevity. So try using all of these techniques, but in order for them to work effectively and prevent an escalation, you need to make sure that you get to the reason of the conflict straight away so the discussion can be constructive instead of damaging. If things escalate, you might not have the opportunity to put those techniques in place and resolve the issue. And at the end of the day, you care about this person and you care about the relationship you have with them. So it's not about winning or losing, it's about resolution. And it can be extremely satisfying resolving conflict in a calm and measured way. So try to keep your cool, don't overreact, and hopefully the result will be a closer and more genuinely beneficial relationship. So that's it for this week. Hopefully you had a great Australia Day last Thursday. I definitely did. Thanks for listening to the end of the episode. I'd appreciate it if you had the time to rate and review. And of course, please share any of the episodes with your friends, family, classmates, co-workers, anyone you know, if you think they can get some value from the episode or if you just think they're going to like the podcast content in general. I want to reach as many people as I can, so share a link on your socials. That would be awesome, and I'd really appreciate the help and support You know, getting the podcast out there. And if you want, you can email me at any time if you've got episode suggestions or if you've literally got anything else you want to say. I'm not going to be offended. 
doesn't mean I'm going to agree with you, but I'm not going to be offended. I value the opinions of you guys, so don't ever be concerned with emailing me your thoughts. The podcast email address is improvemepodcast at outlook.com. And as always, try to imitate my blood type and be positive. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Now, because we live in a litigious world where some people refuse to take responsibility for their own actions and are always looking for someone else to blame, I'm forced to remind you that this podcast is for knowledge and entertainment purposes only. Always consult a qualified professional before taking any health, psychological, pharmaceutical, mental or physical advice. Never rely on information from a podcast.